The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Coming up on Life Today, Singapore pastor and author Joseph Prince encourages everyone to fall in love with Jesus. Now, when we believe this, it won't lead to licentiousness. It will cause you to fall in love with Him. All right? And when you fall in love with Him, you fall out of love with sin, you know? And I tell you, you will never understand fully the, the length, the depth, the breadth, the height. Even when we're in heaven, the love of Christ is something we'll still discover. and this is James. The power of right believing, Joseph Prince. You know, I, uh, I feel like God has given us a great joy of, of being a, a servant, an encourager, and assist to others. Um, and you know, some of you say, I can't preach or teach or sing, but the greatest, Jesus said, is serving others, Him. I, I have a gift to communicate, I'm told, and it appears that people listen. Maybe they're just that bored. <laughs> <laughs> but there seems to be some divine enabling, and you might think that has to be the greatest thrill. No. The greatest thrill is seeing Him in others in all of His creation and giving him honor and glory and assisting others who give him honor and glory. And Joseph Prince is a gift from God to us to show us love and grace from the other side of the world. Welcome Joseph Prince back to life today. Glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. You know, I showed the other day when we were talking, I showed a woman that had so many children that she loved, and yet she had lost, you know, seven of them because of unclean water. When you see the needs that God sees, mm -hmm. what do you think? You know, what can I express uh, that heart-rending experience that the woman went through? You know, I, I just, as I was watching it, I was thinking, how is Jesus looking at all this? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I remember, and I think we as preachers, ministers, and pastors, when we see the multitudes, all right, the suffering multitudes, what do we see? You know, and, and when I look at the lady, I remember that verse in the, in the Gospels that says, when Jesus saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion towards them. For they were scattered, they were hungry, they were fainting, the Bible says, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Sometimes I think that uh, we preachers look at the multitudes and we think in terms of, wow, that, is, that spells success for my ministry. Mm. Or we look at the multitudes that are suffering and we think of, you know, wow, if they are following me, there's so much first on this sheep. Mm. You know, or so much lamb chops for me. <laughs> but that's not how Jesus saw the people. Mm -mm. All right? They were scattered not because they were rebellious. They were fainting not because they were lazy. 
they were just sheep without a shepherd. Mm-hmm. You know? And that gave Jesus that, that posture of compassion when he saw the multitudes. And when I saw that lady in Cambodia and how she lost the seven children, I think when Jesus looks at her, he looks at her as a lost sheep that needs his love. And of course, the next verse tells us, Jesus turned around and he saw the multitude, told his disciples, pray therefore to the Lord of the harvest that he send more laborers. Boy, I just, uh, I can't even begin to tell you how much I identify with what you're saying, but I really believe with all my heart to some degree, and it's probably pretty small in relation, but it could be, that we're identifying with his heart. That is what he felt. You know, the Old Testament prophets scolded the people because they would use the sheep for their own gain, and they didn't Mm -hmm. even feed the sheep. Mm -hmm. They actually trampled them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that that people are manipulated and jerked around and used right. and they're not, they're not fed. And, and I see you feeding them and hopefully we are. I'm trying to, I got to be honest, I'd compare myself to you and I think, boy, I don't do near as well as he does. But maybe I do well by encouraging you and praying for you and loving you. That's why we kind of quit saying, well, I guess I'm doing as good as he is. I mean, I stand up and preach, but I got to tell you, in this old boot and down inside a sock, I got a couple of hidden feet that nobody sees but I stand on them. People got to understand how valuable they are in the body of Christ and how important all of us are. You and I, you and I could have the effect we have and you even the gift we have because of some little unseen person, maybe like that woman who lost her kids praying for you. Amen. And God's heard those prayers. Joseph, you are truly a gift. And I count it an honor to sit here with you because I feel like I'm sitting with somebody that loves Jesus in the presence of God and you want everybody to know that that this relationship with the shepherd and the father can be so real. I want to ask you because I look out and I see our nation like sheep without a father and how the shepherd. I look out and hear Jesus praying that they would come back to the shelter like he prayed over Jerusalem, like chicks to the wings of the hen. And he said that in the face of desolation. I hear God, this is our country, but we try to help the countries of the world. I'm praying for America and I'm praying for the church in America. You're on the other side of the world, the other side of the ocean. What would you want the church in America to hear? And maybe what would you find yourself praying for our nation that's been so blessed? Um, Forgive me for saying this, but America needs the gospel. All right? Absolutely. And I, I thank God. America has been the number one nation to send missionaries out, you know, in years past. And... And I'm, I'm a beneficiary of that. Singapore is a beneficiary of that. Malaysia, uh, Vietnam, Cambodia, even China. There's a large, I mean, underground church, a large army of believers all over Asia now. Even Korea is a, is a beneficiary of the presence of the Americans there and the missionaries. And, uh, but, but right now, we feel like God is sending missionaries to America. Yeah. All right? Because we have forgotten what the gospel is all about. We feel like the gospel is, is another, you know, uh, disguise for the law to come forth. We believe that you do good, you get good. You do bad, you get bad. But that's not what grace is all about. That's not, that's not the gospel. The gospel is you can receive good you don't deserve because another receives all the bad that you deserve. <laughs> now, that takes the Holy Spirit to elucidate. It does not take the Holy Spirit to tell people, do bad, you get bad. Do good, you get good. 
Any religion can teach that without the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It takes the Holy Spirit to elucidate on the beauties of Jesus, His glories, His excellencies, and how God has set Him to your account. His righteousness is set to your account. All right, his beauty is set to your account. God sees you in Him. Mm -hmm. And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ, that God made Him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we who knew no righteousness might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Absolutely. That's the gospel. That's it. And yes. <laughs> and, and not another one of the same kind, not stacking bricks. Yes. A temple built with uncut stones fit together by the Holy Spirit right. into a holy habitation. Mm, mm. We are stacking Baptist bricks and Catholic bricks and Pentecostal right. bricks, and He's looking for a holy habitation right, of right. His people coming together who are the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. Excuse me. Go ahead, preach. Oh, man. And the thing is that uh, America, the beginnings of America, the founding fathers, they were not averse to using the name Jesus in their <laughs> writings, in their <laughs> proclamations. And what made them great leaders is that they believed the gospel. Yes, they did. They believed the gospel of grace. They believed the Lord Jesus, in the Lord Jesus Christ as their righteousness. And that what, that's what produced godly character in them. That's what produced the wisdom and intelligence by which they governed this nation. But now we want the character, we want the integrity, we want the wisdom in our leaders without the gospel. That's right. You know, we are, we, are, we are preaching right living, right living, right living, but there's very little right living, okay? The intention is right, but we got to preach the gospel. And the gospel is not just for when you are saved and then you put it aside. Now, let's go to deeper stuff. Let's go to the law. No, the law is not, is not uh, deep stuff. In fact, <laughs> Israel, the Bible says when Israel was an infant in, the, in Galatians 4, Israel was put under the law, all right? Until the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son, the law was given by Moses. That's the ABCs, the kindergarten of Israel. All right? But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Amen. Notice truth is on the side of grace, not the law. So when Jesus spoke to the disciples, and that's the premise of this book, uh, He said, to, uh, not to the disciples, the Jews of His day, He says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now think about it. These Jews that He, he spoke to, they were steeped in the law. They knew the law frontwards and backwards from the age of five. So what is the truth that will set them free that Jesus came to bring? It's grace. It's the grace of God. And He was crucified for it. All right? And the people that heard Him gladly, all right, were the common folks. All right? The sinners, the social outcasts. In fact, they could receive from Him. They could receive healings. They could receive whatever they need from Him. All right? He's holy. He's thrice holy. Holy, holy, holy. The Lord God Almighty. And He is God incarnate in human flesh. But His holiness was such that He could move among sinners. Mm -hmm. He wasn't you know, like the Pharisees having this holier-than-thou attitude. And sometimes the church is coming to that place That's where right. we say we love the sinner, we hate the sin, but what they hear is that we hate you, we hate you, we hate you. That's what they hear. You know? they hear. And God is not mad at, at, at the world. Mm -hmm. okay? God sent His Son and God is waiting. There's judgment coming, yes, but we are not there yet. Mm -hmm. When Jesus quoted... Uh, Isaiah 61 in, in his hometown, Nazareth, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to heal the broken heart, preach the gospel to the poor. He came to that part where it says the acceptable year of the Lord. Now in the, in the scriptures in Isaiah 61, it says, and the day of vengeance of our God. But Jesus, right after he says the acceptable year of the Lord, he closed the book. And there is a coma right after the acceptable year, which is a day of vengeance. We are not there yet. All right, the day will come, yes. But meanwhile, we are in the age of grace. 
And God, is, God has given to us the ministry of reconciliation, all right? Not counting the world's trespasses unto them, 2 Corinthians 5, and telling them, come home. God is not mad at you. Come home. Come home to love. Come home to the Father's house where there's bread enough and to spare. Amen. Amen. Come home to the Father's embrace. In here, you talk about something that, that you, you pointed out that was very, very, very significant. Uh, and you're talking about the, uh, the mind game, but you're also talking about God not being angry, say, at us. What did you, what did you want people to hear? And I know it's in the book. In Isaiah 54, uh, the, and Isaiah 54 is after Isaiah 53, okay? <laughs> and Isaiah 53 is all about the Messiah's work. All right, surely he has borne our sicknesses. He was wounded for our transgressions. With his stripes we are healed. All that is in Isaiah 53. Now the very next chapter, Isaiah 54 says, God said, for this is as the waters of Noah unto me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah would no longer cover the earth, so have I sworn I will never be angry with you, nor rebuke you or condemn you. Now God, for God to swear is a sworn oath. All right, for God to swear, wow, God's word alone is enough. Yes. Amen? But for God to swear, it means there's a double ironclad guarantee. He will never, ever be angry with us again Amen. for the believer. <laughs> All right? And it cannot, it cannot get any clearer than that, that God has lifted His hand and says, this is like the waters of Noah. So now when you see a rainbow, you don't think that God will not flood the earth again. You think God will never, ever be angry with me again. Mm because of what Christ has done. Now, has God gone soft on sin? No, God is still a holy God. It is precisely because God is holy, He will never be angry with us. It's precisely because God is holy, there is therefore now no condemnation for us who are in Christ. All right, why? Because 2,000 years ago, His holiness unleashed His holy wrath and divine retribution against all our lawlessness, our disobedience, but in the body of Jesus Christ. Jesus exhausted all of God's judgment and anger in His body and cried, finished. Mm -hmm. It's done. All right? Now, because God has punished our sins in the body of Jesus Christ, today, it will be unjust. It will, be, uh, it, will, it, will not, it will not be holy for God to punish us for the same sins He punished Christ. If we believe on Christ. Now, when we believe this, it won't lead to licentiousness. It will cause you to fall in love with Him. Yeah. All right? And when you fall in love with Him, you fall out of love with sin, you know? And, and sometimes we, we try to steady the art. We feel like, no, no, no. I mean, if we preach the truth to the people, there's no telling what they'll do. So we have more faith in the flesh of the people than the power of the Holy Spirit in them. That's powerful. And, and, and there's, there's a, a ring of truth, when, when we, you know, to, to, the, to the truth of God. When we start preaching the truth, it bears witness to the people. I believe that many of the things that I'm saying today, uh, that people are saying, yes, this is what confirms and affirms what I have. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be very concerned and afraid that the things I'm saying are completely new. Now, I've never heard of that before, but nothing bears witness with that. No, for a believer, the Holy Spirit is in them. So when they hear the gospel, they say that this is what I believe about God all the time. But I, I couldn't put words to it. I couldn't put, you know, theology to it. All right? But, uh, uh, you know, God has sworn He will never be angry with us. And I always say, don't interpret obscure passages in the New Testament or in the Bible, all right? Don't, don't interpret them with obscure passages. Interpret them with clear passages. You cannot get any clearer than God has sworn He will never be angry with us because of what Christ has done.
You know, people tend to say, yeah, grace and peace is good, brother. Amen. Keep it up, you know. It's the ABCs. We go over deeper stuff. But Israel, when Israel was uh, an infant, they were under the law. When Christ came, he brought grace. You know, when children come to my house, I don't tell them. When children come to my house, I tell them, don't touch the kitchen knives. All right, don't play in the kitchen. Don't, don't touch the gas stoves. Now, if an adult comes to my house, you come to my house, and I say, don't touch the kitchen knives, James. You know, don't play with the stoves and all that. You know, you'll be insulted. All right? And, and, and we make the law, you know, going to the Jewish laws and all that, and, 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 and going back to Judaism or things like that, as as substance when that's a shadow. Mm-hmm. All right? Laws, rules, and regulations for infants. Love and grace. And I tell you, you will never understand fully the, the length, the depth, the breadth, the height. Even when we're in heaven, the love of Christ is something we'll still discover. Y'all love this. Do you appreciate what we're hearing? I do, and I thank you, Joseph. And we can stay here for days. Listen, get the book. It's in the bookstores. And I will just simply tell you, you know, Joseph, you said you want to help us, and your church already is helping us do the important things like loving the helpless and the overlooked. And I thank you We feel you for privileged that. to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. I feel like we get to do this. That's the you way know? to look at it. And I'm so we glad that it. you are getting opportunities for people to participate. You know, whenever the Lord, the Lord uh, invites you, okay, to, to give, He's setting you up. <laughs> to be used by him, to be, right. to be privileged, to, to be, be a, a channel, to, to be, be a blessing. Yeah, absolutely. What a deal. You get to do it. I showed you a, a brokenhearted woman the other day. I, I want you to look through the eyes of the Father, the Shepherd, and Jesus. I want you to listen to a grandfather, a father. I want you to hear a, I want you to hear a father's heart and then hear the father's response and do what the father would do. Cambodia's history is a rich one, but 1975 brought four of its darkest years imaginable. Cities were emptied and innocent millions murdered as a maniacal dictator tried to reset Cambodia to what he called Year Zero. Families were torn apart and lives left in ruin. Recovery has not come easy. Sam Nung remembers. His whole family was killed and everything lost. Today in this land, the suffering continues. Families are torn apart and lives left in ruin. But no longer from communism or dictatorship. It's waterborne diseases. Once again, Sam Nung 
risk losing his whole family, but this time to waterborne diseases. How can you forget your past when you aren't promised a future? I need you to help me, Betty. You know, as I watch that, I think that, that father who loves his family so much, he's already lost so much, and yet maybe still pain to come. And I think the enemy is right there where he lives, James. It's in the water, the disease. We've been there, James. We've seen that awful contamination of the water and just break your heart. And to know that that's the only source they have, mm -hmm. you have to have water to even survive a few days. And knowing that it's going to kill your loved ones, but you still have to give it to them, it's, it must be torture to their own souls and their hearts. But we have an opportunity, James, to do something about it. And I hope you will join us simply by being able to drill the wells. We can be a life source to these families that are so desperately hurting and, and living in the midst of loss to the families. Lord, I don't think I can really... I don't know if I know how to talk to the people about hearing that man cry like he was crying holding up that picture. I never knew I would know what it would feel like to lose a child, and, and I do now. And, and the very thought that I might be able to let somebody keep their child, I just, uh, I just want you to touch the hearts of everybody who are watching, and they'll just say, I'm going to be the hands of Jesus right now, Lord. Let them feel that, and I'm going to give a cup of water. I'm going to give a well of water. Please, dear Jesus. Please do what I can't do. Please move hearts. Please. I, I can't even begin to tell you how many times I feel so inadequate um, uh, to be a representative, of, an advocate for people who suffer. I've never been able to be satisfied. I used to ask Billy Graham when we'd have thousands of people saved and coming out of the stadiums and I would say, Billy, uh, how do you feel when you see the ones leave? He said, well, I, I can't think about them. I got to think about the ones coming forward. I said, Billy, Billy, my heart goes home with the ones that leave. I want to go home with them. I, I've never been able to, to see something that I thought we could, you know, we could give them something and not want to do it. So I'm just going to ask you to go to the phone or go online and don't let anything stop you. And I want you to make the largest love gift you can to help us drill another 500 wells. I wish we could drill 5,000. And the only thing that stops that is we need more laborers who see the fields of harvest and pain and hurt. But let, we've got a, areas 500 where the missionaries said, here, we need it. That's one of them. Would you say, I'll drill a well? The average cost $4,800. Would you just do that or give $1,200 or $2,400 and pray two people join you or three and we got a well? Or would you give $48 and give 10 people water? There's a level you can participate at. $144 basically breaks out to giving 30 people. I'm asking you to help us show people the love and life of Jesus and give them the water of life by giving them water for life. Would you do it? 
Go online, lifetoday.org, dial the number, use your bank card. If you write a check, make it to life. But please call us. I'm going to do it. And don't let a busy phone line, don't let anything keep you from doing it, please. Let's be an answer to that man's heartache and that man's heart crying prayer. Every day, millions of children are forced to make a dreadful choice, drink filthy, polluted water filled with deadly disease, or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most exciting and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today. Suffering can end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, we can establish and drill 500 water wells for remote villages in over 12 different nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10 people. $72 will impact 15 people. And $144 will help provide fresh, clean, disease-free water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, you'll receive the brand new Free To Be Me 40-Day Devotional where Betty shares the challenges, victories, and insights God gave her while struggling through fear and insecurity. You'll also receive Betty's book, Free To Be Me. With your gift of $100 or more, you may request Life's Inspirational Coffee Mug Set featuring encouraging quotes and scripture to brighten your mornings for years to come. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well and request this beautifully framed canvas print of the Forest Chapel by the painter of light, Thomas Kincaid. This is the last week. Call, write, or make your gift online today. It breaks my heart to see this. It really does. To, be, to see what these children have to go through. But I'll tell you what gets me excited is to know that we can make a difference and we will make a difference. That these families will no longer have to drink water from places like this, but that we can make a difference right now, today, in the lives of these children. By drilling a water well in this location, in this village, that will provide water for generations to come. Go to your phone right now or go online. Make the best gift you can give. Help us to provide good, clean drinking water for families like this and make a difference for generations to come. Today, if you help us give water, and I think you'd be pleased with this, we want to send them as a thank you. We want to send your book, The Power of Right Believing. Would you join me again saying thank you so much to Joseph? Joseph, I love you, buddy. We're a family. We're a family. Thank you. I'm so honored that you came. So honored. Thanks for having me. It's a privilege to be with you. Thank all of you. I do want to remind you this is the last week and we need your help and uh, thank you so much for it.
be sure to visit stream.org, a rich and lively source for breaking news, analysis, and entertainment. Stream.org. And a lot of the times the pimps threaten us and they tell us that the next time I'm going to kill you. Founder of Hookers for Jesus, next week. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.